Welcome to Kick-Ass Radio, hosted by Joe Sainsbury, founder of Kick-Ass Women. Join Joe over the next hour as she shares stories and conversations that are both inspiring and empowering. Having spent over 30 years in the corporate sector, Joe Sainsbury kicked off her heels and became a coal train driver working in the rail and mining industry. It has been her goal ever since to empower and support women who are considering a career change into an industry role, making the transition as smooth as possible. Joe is a walking, talking success story of how taking the plunge into industry can open up a world of opportunity. And you can do it too. If you're a woman working in industry or considering a career change, this is the radio station for you. Let's get into this episode of Kick-Ass Radio. Hey there, Glowgetters. Welcome to the Kick-Ass Radio Show. Am I excited for today's show? You bet your kick-ass I am. Now, women in health and safety is a huge topic at the moment, and with an influx of events that focus on issues specific to women in industry, there is an ever-growing number of women becoming more prominent. However, it's hugely important that we focus on attracting not only women to the industry, but also different ethnicities, sexualities, and religious backgrounds, and women of all diverse backgrounds. So statistics show that companies with a strong mix of sexes outperform competitors by 15%, and those with a mix of diverse employees by 35%. So if companies want to be cutting edge, fresh ideas and perspectives are imperative. So although many companies have come on leaps and bounds with their equitable policies, attraction is still an issue, particularly within industries such as construction and in the field of safety. So the key thing here is to change how um, the industries and safety are perceived. And the same goes for women in all industries. So the more we demonstrate inclusive policies and women-focused events, the better the perception and attraction will be. So common themes we hear about are that some women experience hostility in male-dominated safety fields and the importance of networking and finding mentors cannot be emphasised enough. So relevant too is how much that being a member of a women's network can help with progression in health and safety careers, both from a networking and knowledge development perspective. So one problem that has faced a lot of women who try to get into the safety field is lack of mentors. People who have been more experienced safety and health professionals tend to be male. And they tend to look for other young men they can mentor and bring up through the fields. So they may feel threatened by women entertaining or entering this field. And that can be a challenge because mentorship is very critical and that's in any career. And that's one of the things we hope to do today is discuss that in in greater detail and create create a a more well-known space for women, like our special guest today, Alana Ball, the CEO and founder of Women in Safety. Now, Women in Safety is a network designed to encourage women working as safety professionals to discuss issues, barriers, and to help each other grow and learn within their careers and their industries. And Alana is a firm believer in gender equality, collaboration, and mentoring. Growing up in industrial Gladstone, Alana's parents taught her the importance of hard work and integrity. As a young girl, her dream was to make a difference, but she wasn't really sure what that would mean. Now, moving from regional Queensland to London at the age of 20, Alana worked in human resources with the Financial Services Authority and was recognised for her contributions to whole of business, large-scale projects. Now, Alana transitioned her career focus from human resources to health and safety back in 2011. 
And soon after, while working in the jungles of Papua New Guinea, Alana came to the realisation she had found herself in a man's game and knew something had to shift. So in 2014, she officially founded Women in Safety with the aim of creating a network of like-minded, supportive safety professionals to learn, listen and grow with. Alana was named a finalist in the 2016 National Safety Council of Australia's Safety Awards and continues to grow her Women in Safety brand. You are listening to the Kick-Ass Radio Show Kickstart, where we talk about all things women working in non-traditional roles in varied male-dominated industries, and we tell you how it is. I'm your host, Joe Sainsbury, the Glow Getter. I hope we can keep you in good company over the coming hour. A huge shout-out to all the women working out on track and on site today all over the globe. Stay safe and have a fantastic day or night shift. And this might also be a good time for a trigger warning that today's radio show may and does contain some adult language. So let's get into it. Welcome, Alana, to Kick-Ass Radio. Thank you, Joe. What an introduction. I love that. <laughs> a bit long-winded, but we, we got there. Yeah, I love it. And I think I love, you know, all the, the topics that you cover on. And I guess it sums up exactly why we're having this conversation. So really, really appreciate that. That's no worries at all. So let's um, kick, kick things off. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background and your career thus so far. Yeah, well, look, you I, you fairly summed it up. Grew up in regional uh, regional Queensland, uh, and really industrial town. Saw a lot of the people I kind of was growing up with, friends, family, the guys I went to school with, going into some really heavy industries. Uh, getting hurt, coming home, you know. And I will always tell the story of my brother being a you know, apprentice boilermaker coming home with scars all up his arms from from what doing his job didn't make sense. I always had this vision of, as you said, helping people and helping people in their role and what makes people tick and why do we choose to do these things and thought human resources uh, was the way to go. But, you know, year on year, I started to see this trend start tracking towards human resources really being what the name suggests and that humans were a resource and right amount of time, right amount of money, we can get more resources, um, but we can't get more humans. Uh, And that's what I was really struggling with. It's this human element had gone out of HR for me and I wanted something to change. So shifted across into health and safety, uh, Certainly eyes opened in my first health and safety role, as you said, up in Papua New Guinea, where the, I guess, importance of life is is very different in the jungles of Papua New Guinea than it is, you know, in regional Queensland in a city and, you know, the rules and regulations we have and just the way that we live. So it really was this eye-opener of, wow, this is really life or death for some of these guys in how they operate, how they communicate, how do we get, you know, the risk across to these people that, you know, even within their village, there is still a lot of infighting and, you know, Mm. we're talking spears and machetes and you're like, how do I tell someone to follow this safety procedure when actually their risks at home are are so Mm. volatile? So it was. It really was an eye-opener and a really great lesson in really breaking down the work we do to the risks and how important it is that every audience you explain that risk to is going to be different. So I loved it. I 
would never take that experience back because I think from day one it gave me a really good foundation to say no amount of paperwork is going to save this person's life. This is about people. And I have kept that from day one is that everything I want to deliver is about making sure that the people understand and are aware of what could hurt them, injure them, not get them home to their family. Because at the end of the day, that's all any of us want. We we don't go to work to get hurt. So it did that, but what it quickly taught me was that I didn't have this, the people to turn back to and go, this is what I'm struggling with. How can I have these conversations? Who do I learn from? Who do I talk to? Who do I vent about it? And the traditional kind of networking models that were around at the time were, dare I say, male, pale and stale. And it did not suit bright pink wearing, loud, sometimes obnoxious. I'm sure my brother would say obnoxious. (laughs) But, you know, and had some really bloody dumb questions. And I wanted those to ask those dumb questions because we all have to learn. And those dumb questions show excuse me, show an element of curiosity. And that's all I can ever want in anyone. Be curious enough to ask the question. Founded Women in Safety, very much out of a personal need of, thought there might be three or four of us. Let's have a wine, let's have a catch up. You know, let's share some of these dumb questions, uh, which rapidly grew into, you know, so much more than that. So we're 2,000 members on now, um, quit my full-time job last year to host this full-time and to uh, offer health and safety consulting full-time and have not looked back. I love it. And definitely we can see that congratulations, Women in Safety is a great brand. You've you've created a wonderful resource there. Um, Just going back to life in Gladstone, and um, as we mentioned before we come on air there, um, I spent a bit of time in Gladstone, and, yes, presented a very industrial town. You had the smelter, the power um, station and the port authority there, um, so much more. So you definitely um, grew up there with um, eyes wide open in a male-dominated workforce and and town there Mm. and progressed that way. And then living in Papua New Guinea, so not only work safety but personal safety has always been a major concern up there. I know um, from my previous work history we had a lot to do. Um, a lot of our field service technicians used to go to New Guinea and they'd um, and some families would transfer up there to work there but lived in compounds under mm. you know, um, highly secure um circumstances and yeah personal life. yeah we we had the we had the security guard out the front uh and I'll never forget the day I had to get to the airport and we were waiting for um my transport out to the airport and he was our security guard and he was fast asleep and I'm talking I like shoved him kicked him yelled him <laughs> like bashed on the wall and he was sound asleep and the security guard's dog that's meant to be this all vicious <laughs> you know anyone turns up at this compound uh we're going to be protected well he he was asleep, he was asleep too. gun laying yeah. on him gun laying on him fast asleep I'm like what bloody use are you to me <laughs> <laughs> felt real safe that day but you but know. yeah a great experience life experience and yeah. um how did how did um they accept you know the introduction of safety protocol up there was it was it a hard task to actually explain that that it would 
be better for them in the long run? I think when, again, it comes down to uh, what are you trying to sell them? Mm. Uh, And for us, we had to get them to see, you know, and as basic as this sounds, you cut off your finger at work, you're not working. Mm. You're not working, you're not taking that money home to your village. And that money to your village is worth so much to them. Mm. So I need you to understand that you hurting yourself impacts your village and they wouldn't want to be the person that impacted the village. Uh, So the language we had to use was very different. You know, we had to, I'll never forget the guy that serviced our vehicles. Like this is, this is to the, how to create a message that they understood was he said to his blokes, fill up the back of the ute, you know, with the workshops dirty, put all the rubbish in the back of the ute, take it to the dump and burn it. Hours later, can't find his blokes, can't find his truck. What the hell? Two blokes hours later walk into the workshop and he says, well, fellas, where's my car? Well, he says, well, boss, boss, you told us to fill it up, take it to the dump and burn it. <laughs> and he's like, ah, oh, yeah, I, I can't I get up here. I can't get up here. That's what oh, I told you to goodness. do. <laughs> and that for me, that was like in my first week up there that he told me that story and I was like, you really have to take that on and go, right, and this is, you know, any message that we put out in safety, what is it actually telling our audience? And you think of language literacy numeracy. If we talk about diversity, we all come from diverse educations, diverse backgrounds, languages at mm-hmm. home, literacy levels. How are we not considering that? Here's a health and safety manual, 200 mm-hmm. pages long. Uh, well, Comprehend and, and implement. Yeah. And it's just like where where's that journey lost in how we actually talk to the people who need it the most? You know, we're so hell-bent on creating these fantabulous systems that I think we forget sometimes that don't take it to the, don't take it to the dump and burn it. Yeah. Think about what that message actually sends. And it is, and it's we all become so complacent with our own. Um, perceptions and understandings of things we we need to take a walk in someone else's shoes to to see it from their perspective so much more open. well it's you know it's even down to we had to teach them how to fill up a bucket like to wash the tools right fill up the bucket put soap no, put soap in the bucket and fill it up I can't remember the exact wording but long story short it was essentially we had to tell them to measure out their detergent because it was like Fill up the deter- yeah. fill up the bucket. So they're filling it up. Yeah, where's all um, the detergent gone? Yeah, so it's those literal things that yeah. is. How is this interpreted? That was not on them. That is on me yes. because I wrote that program to keep them safe, or that system, mm-hmm. or that document to keep them safe. Uh, and I think there is, as you said, that implied knowledge, that Im- implied education that sits behind it. Yeah, and we need we need to take on so much more of a broad perspective and be much mm. more understanding of of others um, when mm. we're presenting information. Yeah. Like that. So I think we've we've kind of covered this. I was going to ask you, you know, can you describe the aha moment for you in your career when you did decide to work in health and safety, and that might have been. Yeah, I, I definitely. I think I've had a few. One was working. I was working in. Um, HR over in London and we were doing a large-scale redundancy program and they were all you know uh, forensic accountants you know suited and booted and (laughs) worth their fortunes 
and you know there's a floor of them there's 200 and something on the floor and here's 20 year old Aussie me walks in all I'm interested in, in is getting to the pub in the afternoon and having my <laughs> snake bites and I was responsible for so essentially they'd done this program where it was like you were in your performance review you were given a three exceeding two you were meeting one you're out the door so anyone that was a one you were automatically redundant Anyone that was a two went through an interview process and with the outcome of the interview process, either redundant or your job was safe. Threes, your job was safe. Now, little old me was the one that was responsible this day and I'll never forget it. I had my pile. Here's all your letters in envelopes. I had to walk the floor. Now, it was fairly open plan despite only being, what, maybe 2005 and like all of the computer desks kind of you could see everyone's heads. Yeah. So here's me, pile of letters. They all know it's coming. 20 years old being the bearer of bad news. Here's your like here's your uh, redundancy letter. And I was just like, oh, so we're not even going to have a conversation with them. And this is why I say around that when people become treated as a resource mm-hmm. and we lose that human element to it, we didn't care about their well-being. No. Not here's your letter, pack your bag. Here, that was the end of them. Yeah, and 20-year-old me who knows nothing about them, nothing about their circumstances, is just this person. They're like, shit, is she coming for me? Is she going to put a letter on my desk? And I've never felt so sick in my life being the bearer of bad news. It's like the guy that does the, you know, you've been served. Like, here's your, yeah. yeah. So that was one where I was just like, this is not okay. Um, And then, yeah, you know, working in PNG where you're just like, okay, the way we write and who we're writing this for is so important because it's the difference between your truck being burnt down and the job being done properly. Yeah. And as we said, the the end ed message is we always want to come home every day and we yeah. want to come home safely. We don't yep. want to come home injured or harmed in any way. Yeah. Um, so we yeah we need to to reinforce that um, mm. and however best we can explain it and and get those messages across is what we need to to focus on in in each particular situation. Who's our who's our workforce? Who are we talking to here? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And as you said, and that's uh, workforce business today is much more, or we need to be much more empathetic. You know, our emotional intelligence skills our communication, and women are are more so always naturally more nurturing, but those skills are so prevalent in today's workforce and in leadership, uh, Mm. it has to be so much more. So we need to to be on more of a personable um, relationship with with the employees and, and having those, you know, those conversations. So if the time does come to actually have to do that kind of task with them where you're handing them, their final notice it's um it can be a conversation and it can be a um a well-being it's it's a human it's a human element we're all people we all have emotions that need to be you know thought about so yeah yeah. that's exactly right so can you recall any time when you question your involvement in professional health and safety field because of your gender like have you had any role models or mentors to help you out along the way yeah, look, I, I have been quite fortunate and it's I will always say this to any of our members that mentoring, oh, there, there's two parts to that. Mentoring I'll come back to. The um, 
element of wanted to walk away, 100%. Um, rocked up to a site in Fiji, and it is not the glamorous Fiji of sipping cocktails by the beach by any means. Again, middle of the jungle. And we worked with this uh, site manager there who he just wanted me gone. He was just like, I've been untouched by anyone from corporate for such a long time. And now this young upstart of a chick who knows nothing, you know, fairly fresh in health and safety, Inviting she's rocked up and well. she's going to tell me how to do my bloody job. Get out. Uh, he made life a little bit hard. He made, you know, we would have to go into town, down to Suva, and he would book a hotel for us for whatever reason. We had to do stuff in town before going back up to site. And I'd be like, oh, hi, it's Alana Ball. And they're like, sorry, miss, there's no booking for that. And I'm like, oh, like, oh you know, I have to ring him. And anyway, I said, oh, ask him if it's under Foxy. And I'm like, mm, is there a booking under Foxy? Oh, yes, Miss Cleopatra. I'm like, oh, my goodness. So they think my name's Foxy Cleopatra. And, you know, don't get me wrong, laugh about it, but you just go, that's. But yeah. that's the shit that I shouldn't, you know, he would yeah. never have done that if it was one of the boys. Yeah. Never. Um, then I've worked in um, transport and logistics and some of those truck drivers, uh, one in particular, definitely copped a mouthful from me that I don't think he expected, uh, wanted me to see whether, you know, come check out me sleeper cab, love. <laughs> like, I'll tell you what to do with your sleeper cab, mate, and it ain't pretty. Uh, There's paint scrapers on site and someone had left it on a bit of kit and I'm bringing it back going, guys, we can't leave this shit. Like if this goes on the road and goes flying into someone else's car, like come on. But because paint scraper, you're making us a cake, love. (laughs) And at the time, I don't think I thought a lot of it. Over time, collecting those stories has made me realise, and I've got hundreds of them, talk to whether my husband, my brother in high-risk industries, friends, family that have all been in it, males do not have those stories. No, they don't. They just simply do not have them. You might hear of the occasional, um, you know, when they start their apprenticeship. I was uh, going to say the apprenticeship stories, yeah, yeah. But but nothing um, per se when they're actually in the field doing those jobs. A qualified professional. And that behaviour was such an acceptable behaviour back in the 70s, the 80s. And that was the stereotypical uh, way that the male Work yeah, it was an engagement, up. you know. Oh, it's funny. It's it's a it's a joke. Hey, I was only joking. Yeah. Love, love. I was yeah, only- yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, we went onto this site once, and they got a uh, pretty pissed off at me because I'm like, look, can we not just take the porn off the wall? Yeah. This is the uh, lunchroom for everyone. Uh, this is not okay. Um, yeah, it, there's definitely there's definitely the stories. Um, from the mentoring side, I don't think I could have got through it without those role models and mentors, both genders. I have had some absolutely yeah. phenomenal males. Yeah. Mentors. Guide, coach, yeah. absolutely. Some of the best leaders I've worked for. And it's their ability to, as you said, have that emotional intelligence, have that kind of conversation 
and I have always said to my members, mentoring is, and you said at the start of this, is so important. Mm-hmm. There is not a day now, I don't think, that I am not touching base with at least one of, and I don't just have one mentor. You know, they're in different pockets of my life, different areas of business, oh. personal mm-hmm. growth, you know, the membership. There's So I do, I think it's really valuable for anyone listening and I'm talking, you don't have to have, you know, the massive big mentoring programs that exist. No. It can be as simple as calling someone up. And one of my close friends, you know, she was a Telstra Women in Business Award winner. I knocked on her door, LinkedIn, and said, hey, I'm looking for a mentor. Is this something you'd be interested in? Jumped at the chance and is now, you know, yeah, one of my nearest and dearest. Um, but it just took that courage to say, you know, are you open to mentoring? And it is, and like I'm a big believer in mentoring. And as you said, I too had um, some great male mentors in my um, career history. And you cannot, you cannot just put them into a business sense. And you know, they can be friends that are successful in their their own businesses. They can be great mentors as well, and um, good, good. And I um, think it is. It's just, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think it is just asking the question to be like, hey, I saw you did this really well. That can be a form of mentoring. I want to talk to you or pick your brain about this. Yeah, uh, sure. And I think the important part of that, though, and this is what my mentor taught me, is that you can either be a drawbridge lady or a Rapunzel lady, that you get to the top of the tower and you either roll your hair down and say, come on up, I'll help you. I'll, I'll give you all the skills, the knowledge, everything I've learned to come up with me. Or you get across because you've had all these wonderful mentors, you get across to your castle and you pull that drawbridge up and you stop anyone else coming. And I said to her, I'd always vow to be a, um, a drawbridge, no, a Rapunzel, because I just think everything I've learned, open book. You know, this is my story. This is my journey, which is why we're having a chat. You know, I don't want people to feel isolated in their journey, that there are so many avenues to seek that help. And and that's, and that's the number one thing. Always, um, and you said that earlier on, always be curious, always be mm. curious. And never, there's, and there's never a dumb question, you know. No. It may sound dumb, but it's never a dumb question. And you always need to ask and, and find out. If you think it's dumb, the recipient that you're asking will probably turn around and say, hey, great question, glad you asked, you know. So never be afraid to ask those questions and always be curious. But I just I wanted to say, Europe, I wanted to say just in regards to um, the old workplace attitudes and behaviours, I worked in a um, heavy earth-moving machinery um, dealership for a lot of years and this is back in the early piece, and as you said, all the boys used to have all the girly uh, calendars out in the workshop. And if you had to walk out to the workshop, you know, they're hanging off the sides of all the toolboxes and that. And um, the year was the first year the fireman's calendar got introduced. So I, and we had, used to have the fire brigade come and do drills and that at the, at the, at the, um, dealership and whatnot so when they they come the next time I'd um I'd purchased a calendar and we had a couple of the local firemen actually in the calendar and uh, I got them to sign it because they were out on on the um drill practice and I hung that off my filing cabinet off the side of my filing cabinet in the office and do you know I got such an absolute 
shit canning for it. Mm-hmm. They were all, when the boys used to walk in from the workshop past my office and seen it, they were all absolutely just like horrified and insulted. And I got made to take that calendar down, mind you. I got oh made goodness. to take that, get that calendar down. And look, I think them, and yet I could walk out to the workshop, and there'd be boobs hanging out, looking at yeah, me every yeah. which way, and yeah. everything else hanging out. Um, but, but I had but to. You know, I, the thing I is, Joe, is yeah. like I, I, I genuinely don't care. No, and you don't. But, but it's like hey. I don't. But it's also, you know, it's a workplace. Yeah, that's right. When yeah. like, come on. Like, let's just keep it even for everyone. And, and like, we're, we're talking 30 years ago, so that was... And oh, that it still was, happens now, though, yeah. Joe. The, like, it, like, and, yeah, I'm not saying that we've got to erase everything, and that, but it's no, just a it's case of really, be, it, yeah, it's a it's, workplace. It's, let's it's just, a workplace, that's right. And it's it's got to be acceptable yeah. behaviour. So, yeah. we, we and it's not, that is not class as acceptable behaviour now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think it's this, you know, the moment that we say anything, it's, oh, like, you're precious, you're this. And it's like, That's no, right. actually, I, I couldn't give a damn. Like, a pair of boobs is a pair of boobs. Guess yeah. what? We've all got them. Oh, yeah, that's um, all the same. But it's a workplace. Can yeah. we just kind of bring it up a notch? Like, we're all better than that. Like, what you do in your own time's on you, exactly. but this is a workplace. Let's yeah. move past it. So, yeah. All right, then. So tell us about how you became so passionate about diversity and inclusion. Did it derive from um, a particular experience you actually had? Mm, I don't th- I don't think I realised probably how passionate I was about it until I fell into it. Uh, and I think it was that first moment that one, being the only, dare I say, white female on site in Papua New Guinea and... I was with all the house marrings, shoved in this little donger, treated so differently that I was just like, they didn't know what to do with me. They were just so flawed what to do with this white woman on site um, that I was treated very, and not necessarily in a bad way, but I was treated so differently that I went, this feels weird. Like just treat me as a person yeah why am I being treated so differently based on my gender and I get that there was that level of like we want to give you respect you know the boys dongers are pretty foul so I get that it came from a nice place but well why are the boys dongers pretty foul why Why can't we just be treated as humans um segregation yeah 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 and so that kind of was like the first spark and then the next one, I guess, was really in that attending my first networking event in health and safety, looked around the room, and it's that whole you can't be what you can't see. Mm-hmm. When I see that nearly everyone in the room is middle-aged, balding white men, I went, shit, I'm in the wrong place. What have I done? You know, why have I made, you know, I come from a HR career, and dare I say majority of the room were female, I really felt that moment of what have I done? Uh, How am I ever going to learn? How am I ever going to feel confident to ask a question? How am I ever going to overcome some of the challenges that I was seeing in PNG that I wanted to discuss when this is what, you know, and it was this real chest beating, I'm better than you. I follow this, you know, you're still doing zero harm. Well, you must be an idiot. And it was just like, 
aren't we all on a journey? Yeah. Aren't we all trying to get from A to B? And how we get there is, you know, based on where our organize, excuse me, organization is at. And so I think I just at that point just went, right, well, something's got to change. And as I said, I thought it would be, I was talking to a recruiter. The company I was working with was looking like it was going to close up. Uh, obviously price of gold started to change. So, you know, drilling for it doesn't necessarily become feasible. Um, and we were all likely to be made redundant. So I was like, all right, well, let's start the conversation. Conversation quickly turned into who can I talk to about this stuff? There's not this kind of space to host it. So between this recruiter and I, who, you know, I still hand on heart go, this was a game-changing conversation, said, well, why don't, she's like, you've got such a passionate voice about it. You've got such a, like, natural ability to kind of have these conversations. Why don't you do something about it? I was like, I don't even know where to start, me. Like, blah, blah, blah. like all the negative voices. I mean, the, yep. Self, trying to push it self, down. self Yeah. Yep. Yep, unique name, Women in Safety, uh, and ever since, I think, uh, to do it, it's full duty. I have had to really understand more, and I'm, I still am on that learning journey around diversity and inclusion and what we can do better and how we can influence, how we can make change, but I think it's given me clarity on we need to exist still, and I hope one day that Women in Safety doesn't have to exist, yeah. but there is still very much a market to bring these conversations, to empower them in their own journey. Uh, And I don't want people to feel the isolation and the, you know, why is this me? Why am I out of place here when they come into women in safety? So, yeah, I would say it definitely was a fallen into, um, but very much, you know, I think there was always an underlying passion there. I just didn't know how to channel that or what it meant. So so in learning that, so um, what did your professional development um, path look like? You know, have you, have you followed some? Um, yeah, so I'm, I am a podcast listener. I am a reader. Uh, I very much have followed the team from Work 180. So Work 180. Great, great, great team, aren't they? They Brilliant team around, you know, really endorsing that uh, great workplaces for women and and creating policies that support working women. Uh, And then just in my own kind of research study, trying to, and I think it is always that, um, I have always felt the need because there is the Australian Institute of Health and Safety. So there was, there was this place for health and safety professionals to come together. And for a lot of years, I felt like I had to justify why I existed. And that meant looking into the importance of diversity and inclusion, Mm -hmm. why having a more diverse workplace makes for better outcomes and things like that. So it was it was very much out of my own self-doubt and, you know, this, and it's only me, I don't have a team. So any feedback that kind of came through or this, you know, the negative kind of comments that sometimes have come through around why do you have women in safety um, is that I could kind of talk to that diversity piece and what 
outcomes it looks like for organisations. So very much just personal interest, personal reading, podcast, um, YouTube reading, connecting with people, you know, following people on LinkedIn who absolutely chant it much better than I could and soaking up even 10% of it. Uh, So, yeah. And there is, there's so much out there. And as you say, you know, we originally used to call it like wasting time, like just staring at your phone and that, but when there's so much resource out there and, and particularly on content, it, the content is unbelievable. As you said, you just, you just get immersed in it and you, and you can't drag yourself away. Mm. You read one article and that leads on to, you know, it feeds onto another article and there's just so much that you, you want to take in, but it's just, oh, it's all too consuming. Mm. But there is, there's a, there's a world of resource and content out there that um, can, that can introduce you to a lot more than what you're actually, you know, that even your workplace may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely showing there. So um, now tell us particularly more about women in safety and walk us through what the network has to offer and how best being a member benefits not only women working professionally in health and safety, but more so the business and organisations they represent in particular. Yeah, and this is where I had to get clear, I guess, around what our point of difference was and what am I trying to achieve in continuing it? Because, you know, for many years, working full time, doing this on the side, it's that balance of is it all too hard? Is it serving its purpose? It can kind of be thankless, as you can appreciate. Uh, what's my point of difference? What am I trying to do? What am I serving? And what I've come to realize is. So many of the conversations, so many of the sessions that we've held have never been about teaching health and safety professionals how to be a health and safety professional. Mm -hmm. Now, we go by empower, transform and inspire. And the reason I've picked those words is because what I have tried to now really refine and narrow down is that if a, if a health and if a female health and safety professional and some of our male champions of change come into the network and the membership that they feel empowered they feel empowered in what they do they transform from point a to point b it might be for this piece of time or this project or this skill and they feel inspired to do it because they were the things that i didn't feel i had uh, and that i was lacking And what it means is when we run a session, as I said, not traditionally teaching them how to be a safety professional, how to be a professional to their best selves. And what that means is when they turn up on the job to do their job, they've got this whole, they've got their backing, right? Mm -hmm. They've got hundreds of people that they can turn to and go, today sucked and this is why, but they've got all of these skills that I'm hopefully imparting with them through our webinars, through our mentoring, through our conversations in our uh, membership, that when they do turn up, they're bringing their best selves because when we bring our best selves to work and we're empowered, we've transformed, we're inspired by what we're doing, it means we get better outcomes. It means that we can have genuine conversations, that we can go into a negotiation or conflict with a little bit more confidence than we might have had last week. And that to me is why it is so important. 
because I'm not teaching them to be a safety professional. Mm. I'm teaching them to bring their best selves to work. Being supported within a community is a huge part of that. Knowing that they can come and ask a question without that, well, you're an idiot. Why would you ask that? Or what do you, you, don't, do? you don't know that. Like, shouldn't you know that? Guess what? I don't know it. You know, I was sitting there doing some work on a client and I'm like, I've got, I've never done this for in health and safety. Hey, have you done this before? Has anyone had any experience? And that's the best part of a network, isn't it? Because it's about shared experiences. And yeah. that's what I like to go into networking about. It's not about an exchange. It's an, about no. an experience. So yeah. if you have something to share, share it and ask the question, you know, oh, have you come across this before? How did you handle it? Mm. And then you learn so much more by asking those questions and sharing. So make well, it- I, I, I think about as well that if we don't, we think about the reason we got into the profession. What lights us up? Why are we doing health and safety? And it's to make sure our, our loved ones, your loved ones, yep. their loved ones, uh-huh. that they get to experience the weekend. They get to experience the new puppy, you know, they can go and take their four-wheel drive on the beach. Whatever it is that lights them up outside of work, they get to experience that. Now, this whole notion that we should keep it closed, that, you know, well, I wrote all of these documents, so I should keep them. We're just trying to, if we save one life, we did better Mm -hmm. than yesterday. We did better than last week. Like that's at the core. We want people to go home safely. Why are we trying to hang on to that? Let's share it. Let's have those conversations. Mm -hmm. And that is what I hope I, you know, from a a leave the legacy kind of piece is what Women in Safety is achieving. And that's a great legacy to leave Mm -hmm. because that's what um, I say about kick-ass women is always kick-ass attitude is being your brightest happiest version of yourself because you love what you do and and you're confident in what you do but you have that network behind you that back you up and you don't have any fear or doubt that in yourself because you know you have that support system behind you Mm. so I think the, the network um system is a great system to have and to to have as a family like and particularly not only just for your for your work life, but for your personal life too. How many friends do you, you, you know, you meet and make through networking and from shared experiences? So mm. it's a great resource to um, and a great um, thing to be a part of. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So what advice would you give to girls interested in a career in professional health and safety? Oh, run. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think it is, um, and dare I say, I was talking to my brother about it this morning. He's kind of, you know, thinking about where he fits in his uh, kind of career path at the moment. And I said, you know, you've got a lot of unique skills. Uh, Say you're already working in it and you're thinking about transitioning. Talk to the people that are doing it. How can you learn from them? How can you be curious to kind of could I do that you know how could I maybe run the toolbox talk or could I have a got writing it you know starting to share starting to ask the questions there's obviously the very formal paths to take from a studying perspective and I certainly won't share those because uh, I think you know we're all adult mm-hmm. enough to go and look up the, the qualification elements of it 
But I think asking questions, talking to people, talking to people in your existing network, whether that's family or friends, uh, around what their experiences are in their workplace. You know, and, and this is I, my husband. I am so bloody proud. He started a new job and he has said to his team, he wants everyone. He, he has not once said to them in his first, I think this is week three for him, Tell me about your career. What are your qualifications? Nothing. But I, you can bet your bottom dollar he can tell you all of his team, who their partner is, their dog's name, their kids, because he said that's the stuff that if I feel connected and we're all turning up to work happy, the outputs happen. And I was like, you must have been listening to me for a few years now because that's a big shift in his communication style as a leader. Um, and... Yeah, so I think it, I think it's that curiosity. Talk to the people that are already in your network. Ask them how they feel about work. What would they change? Mm-hmm. You know, what what is it that lights them up in the workplace? What's a frustration? And start learning just some of those challenges that people face in health and safety because I think then that starts to pull out that why are you going to do it? Mm-hmm. Why do you want to do health and safety? Yeah, you find a purpose there. And if the yeah, purpose yeah. is there and that, and um, the need or the want to 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 help make a difference mm, yeah, mm. where you'll um, pursue it. Um, and I think we might have covered this question: um, your thoughts on women empowerment in in the business sector. So the advantages and challenges and opportunities. I think we might have covered that. But if you want to add anything more to that, yeah. Look, I think I think it's changing. I think we as females can get in our own way. Mm. And I think we need to see more of that. We need to see more Rapunzel women, not yeah. drawbridge women. Mm. And I would always challenge anyone to think about what is their drawbridge or what is their Rapunzel moment? Because I think we can all say, and I have, I've, I've had moments of being a drawbridge where mm. I'm like, you know, really written someone off or, you know, done things and you go, oh, I've learned from that. Um, But, yeah, I think we all need to, as females, if we're going to continue to empower one another in business, I think we need to consider, yeah, how we, uh, yeah, support each other. And I I think that's a big thing. Women need to be better at supporting each other because there's always, you know, there's a lot of the Queen Bee syndrome still around. Mm, Um, They'll they'll stomp on anyone and everyone to get to the position they want and then they won't help anyone. But I think it's it's like, and this is an example that I gave someone the other week, you only have to look as far as a mum's group on Mm. Facebook to see how brutal women can be to one another. And aren't they? Oh, they're just... It's it's so sad to see how nasty that... Um, and we talk about women's empowerment and yeah. we want this, but you've only got to look in a mum's group yeah. to see just that's how it. far we're pushing each other back. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. It's, um, it's something that, yeah, as I said, women need to be better at supporting women. Um, yeah. Now, you've accomplished some fantastic milestones in your career. So which achievement do you look at and think... I'd love to go back in time and tell the younger me that this was actually possible and this is what you will achieve. Um, oh, 
I don't even know where to start. What would I do? What would I say? Like what about women and safety, the network? I think, you know. Yeah, I think like I was only 20, mm. just over 25, 26 when I started thinking about it. And I never imagined it would be where it is today. And I still don't. I still pinch myself. Um, Yeah, that's definitely a moment. Uh, I think even just that first moment where I changed from HR into health and safety, that keep going, Mm -hmm. that it will, you know, you will have your aha moments and that this is a lesson um, and one day you will learn from this. And this will be, you know, guiding lights on how you change things. So, and that's a, and that's a big lesson there because every successful person has major failures, and that's where yeah. you learn. Yeah, so you learn. Yeah. I haven't always got it right, and I'm no, okay with that. No one ever does. Who does ever get it right? No one has it gets it perfect. And it's admitting that's, that. Yeah, <laughs> it's, um, that's where we learn the most from is from our failures so you get get back up and you you know you step over fail is first attempt in learning that's right it's exactly right yeah and that's what I always try and remember is that this is just what lesson are you learning right now so what are your next big goals or projects for the remainder of 2022 and say going into 2023 Yeah, look, we've got some really exciting stuff coming up. We have just announced, so last year we had our first virtual summit, so it was a full day. This year we have just launched that we are doing a virtual summit for kind of three quarters of the day, and the last half of the day is our first ever Women in Safety Awards. I did Um, see that actually come up on your post the other day, so congratulations. That's a great initiative to uh, introduce. I've wanted to do it for a long time, and I think, you know, that celebrating success, we just don't do it often enough. No, uh, and the summit is just an opportunity to come together and learn of some really cool speakers. So we're just in the midst of finalising that. It's pretty well done. And then the awards categories, we're just um, kind of refinalising. Judges are pretty well locked in. And, yeah, just we've just yes. put calls out for sponsors to sponsor those events. So if anyone's listening wants to sponsor, by all means. Yes. Um, and then, yeah, just continuing with masterclasses, webinars. Uh, we've got them pretty well jam-packed now until the end of the year. Uh, and then and we'll you're getting good engagement with them, Alana? Like you've really, good. really good right. engagement. Yeah. And, you know, the conversations that we're having. So we have the empowered members that come together uh, every month in our membership mingle. And I love those conversations. It's the this is why I started. It's yeah. the tell me about your work boots. Tell me about your experience with this. What are you doing with that? Like, oh, has anyone studied this? How did you find it? This is just gold because I go, this is why I started it, is that these people feel safe enough to go, I don't know what I'm doing. I want this. Has anyone had experience? And I'm like, yes. Uh, So that's really cool. Yeah, no, the awards, when I read the post, I was so excited myself thinking that is just a great great initiative to take on yeah. board and to um to, to kick off so yeah, yeah really excited and yeah we, we wish you all the best and success with that and encourage all women in health and safety um careers to yeah, yeah. Um, to get on board and support that and nominate themselves or nominate yeah someone they yeah. think's worthy of um of getting the acknowledgement yes yeah definitely yeah 
All right. Well, Alana, thank you very much. It's been a great conversation and one I'm sure that everyone's going to learn a lot from and take on board. Thanks again for sharing your time, your valuable time with us this afternoon. We'll put all your links up. I see we, we can see your QR code there. Um, we can scan for the latest events going on in women and safety. Yeah. And we'll put your links up under the show notes. And anyone that wanting to reach out to Alana can do so by um, following those links. And um, yeah. by all means, get in touch with uh, Alana and follow up on women in safety if you're yeah, in. Yeah, please do. Yeah. Yeah. Look, you know, for us, it really is about no one feeling isolated. Mm -hmm. And I know that it can be an isolating profession at times. Uh, so, yeah, by all means, if you need need a space to have a safe conversation, no pun intended, <laughs> we're, we're there for it. Excellent. All right, then. Thanks, Alana. And we will look forward to catching up with you uh, later in the year to find out how it all went with the um, summit and the awards. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Have a really safe afternoon. Thank you. See you later. Hey, Glowgetters, have you heard about Kick-Ass Women? Founded by Joe Sainsbury, Kick-Ass Women is dedicated to empowering and supporting women who are considering a career change into an industry role. Visit our brand new website at www.kickasswomen.com.au or follow Kick-Ass Women on Facebook and LinkedIn today to keep up to date with all things Kick-Ass Women and the incredible opportunities and content we have for you. See you there, Glowgetters. That's it, guys. I do hope you enjoyed our show and our special guest. A very big special thank you to Alana Ball for sharing all of that goodness of women in safety, a great deal of invaluable information with us. And I hope you've all found the information inspiring and that it gives you something to ponder and perhaps feed the curiosity and action over the weekend. Now, Women in Safety is on a mission to recognise and boost the careers of women in the profession, as well as to inspire the next generation of leaders. This network promotes proactive steps towards personal and professional development while also championing for an inclusive and diverse space. From staying up to date on the latest industry trends to career and leadership strategies to help you stand out from the crowd and personalise your career to diving into topics like psychological safety and technological innovation, Women in Safety promises to be a network of empowerment, transformation and inspiration. As always, I really appreciate you guys giving me your time to listen to this radio show. You can find more information on this episode with Alana Ball and Women in Safety in the show notes or on my social media pages or visit my website, www.kickasswomen.com.au. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to get the latest episodes sent directly to you. Well, that's all for today's show. Thanks for your company and for listening to Kick-Ass Radio. It's not goodbye, but see you later. Stay safe and well. Keep in touch. Poscoms. Go on, get your glow on, become a glow getter. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Kick-Ass Radio, where we kick goals and deliver empowering conversations for women. Want to hear more from Kick-Ass Women and Joe Sainsbury? Visit the Kick-Ass Women website or follow Kick-Ass Women on Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram. See you on the next episode of Kick-Ass Radio.